0: Brunche, brunche,
1: that's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who say visit with their lunch. Cuando want
0: that bochinche? Back at the co-pinche. You know what they said? That's who busy
1: glass is thinking. Aquí en esta mesa se respeta como yo. Si la copa es italiana, yo te do la bendición. So what if we get that shit? We from the brunch. Backed. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies, ladies who brunch, brunch the and pop
0: it all Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it all What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa.
1: What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, <laughs>
0: we have a dynamic, phenomenal, talented, beautiful Boricua here with us. Megan, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um what's up thanks for having me absolutely thanks for being with us yes this is actually a real great pleasure um an honor to be up in here in the bronx yes uh, with fellow yes. latinos yes. yes um doing the damn thing in our borough yes and chilling on a sunday and i could walk here so, yeah, you know, that is a big deal for me. Yeah, that
0: is, and you know, oftentimes we have a hard time getting people like wanting to come to the Bronx, and I'm like, first of all, you know, it's a cozy little home. Like, yeah, I would enjoy being here. But I love when people are like, oh yeah, this was super easy for me to get to because I'm like, see, for all y'all people in Brooklyn and all the other boroughs that make it seem like the Bronx is impossible, is very possible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cute. You're in a cute area. I like looking out the window. There's yes. a cute view. Yeah. this is very cozy, and yes. my glass is full. So yes. I encourage everyone to make their way up here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so tell us
0: a little bit about yourself and, like, you're, you're, so you're from the Bronx, right? Yep. What else is there to know about Megan?
2: Um, ooh, I'm from the Bronx. I'm first-gen Boricua. Yes. Uh, so, you know, Puerto Rico is really, like, home for me in the heart. Um, yeah. And that's a really big part of who I am. I think oftentimes, you know, people... We'll say yeah, I'm this, I'm that, but for me, like my identity is definitely very much rooted in being uh, a Latina. Yes, that's part of who I am and it, part of my work and the people I love. So, first gen Boricua from the Bronx. Um, I'm a dancer, choreographer, artist, uh, dance educator, <coughs> and traveler, <Yes>. uh, lover, <laughs> hmm. um, political. Yeah. I like to bitch a lot. I've got a lot of things to complain about. And I oft, I try to use my big mouth to really help uplift other people. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. That's
0: like the definition of a boricua. Using yeah. our big mouth
2: to
0: <laughs> uplift or shut down. Other- <laughs>
2: yes, or check Yes, need to be <laughs> Yeah, I had to check someone this morning.
0: Uh-oh. No, what yeah.
2: happened? So, you know, we kicking off Black History Month. Yes. So... My kids are doing a salsa dance to Celia Cruz Uh, because she's black. She's mad black. (laughs) 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 Like, hello. (laughs) If anybody's black, it's the Cubanitos. Right. 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 So she's black, blackety black, but also she's a queen. And who doesn't like negra? La negra tiene tumbao. Yeah. So, you know, my black kids that I teach in Harlem lived. They were like, this is a this is a beat, Miss Carrie. I was like, Word word never dance salsa these kids have like a four minute piece that they learned in three days Nine. Yes. they are slaying boys you girls know they love them. Yes. 18 kids so you know my mother and me are at breakfast this morning and she's like yeah you know i showed you video to someone at work i was like what was said why are black kids dancing salsa instead she goes yeah just like that yeah. so i had to check I was right. like, well, first of all, we're dancing to it because we wouldn't even have it if it weren't for Africans. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We wouldn't have any of the juicy, amazing things in the new world if it weren't for black people, right? right. So we wouldn't have the flow. We wouldn't have the footsteps, the pattern, the footwork. That's right. all It's, it's given so, to us from the Africans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think it's important for them to understand the diaspora is so much larger. Right. And for me, black history is not just a month, but as I celebrate the month with them and I rewrite our very whitewashed curriculums, I need them to know the history from north to south and the Caribbeans. So...
0: It's yeah. absolutely important. And I, I talk often about how I learned I was black in college, right? Like, and growing up, I always had this weird thing of like, you know, the black girls were always like, oh, were well, you Spanish, right? And I'd be like, oh, well, okay, so I guess I'm not black, but I guess I'm the black version of Spanish people. So like, that's what I thought I was, was a black version of Spanish people. And I'm like, well, if Koreans and Japanese people can be two completely different cultures, you know, and countries and look alike, then it's okay that I am almost exactly like an African. American but I'm not Mm. African American I'm not African I'm just Dominican I'm a black Spanish person and so I learned the term Afro Latino in in college and back then it wasn't woke enough to know Latinx so Latinx Mm. didn't exist back then but like that was like eye-opening for me and that made me take several other Latinx study courses because Mm. I was like I don't know Shit. So I ended up minoring in it. Mm-hmm. And so I said that I, I think it's important that when we get that knowledge and we're in other spaces, that we infiltrate that because I I elected that class. There was no guarantee that I was gonna graduate college mm-hmm. and know I was black. Right. You know, I could have very well been 28 yep. years old like I am right yep. now, having people on the internet tell me I'm Afro Latina. Uh-huh. And then imagine how defensive that puts mm-hmm. people because now it's like, well, the internet's trying to teach me about myself as opposed to you being in a setting, you know what I mean, that's a safe yep. space yep. that's really trying to educate you. So thank you for doing that yep. work. Because mm. more of us out here, can we just go to DR together and, and, like, go around in cars being like, you're black.
2: You're black. You're black. <laughs> so, like, campaign cars. <laughs> like, literally, you're second in line after Cubans. Right. So. Like, I literally won't let anyone who's not my Dominican hairstylist touch my hair. Right, right. Yeah. Because yeah. folks just don't know what to do with mixed hair. Yeah.
0: They're yep. confused. Yep. Um, Absolutely. No, I feel you.
2: Co- college was very eye-opening, especially with the fraternity life. Yeah. Mm. Um, Oof. Yeah, that was yeah, so that was an eye-opening experience for me as well. And then after, shortly after college, that's when I went natural. Yes, and like I had to stop relaxing my curls. Yeah, and that was. But it's part of a whole process, right? Yep. Undoing yeah the post-colonial mindset, girl.
0: I could go mm, on and on yeah. about that hair journey because that's this whole just your hair and its identity, it's its yes. own genre. Like let alone Literally chapter three, four, and five. Yeah. Mm, let yeah. alone, you know, even like what you were saying, how long it takes to, for us to fill our lips because we have different lips. Like when we're
1: doing makeup. Like <laughs> yep.
0: all of that stuff.
1: Anyway, so Megan <laughs> Important stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like "Ah." that. We want to start off by asking you, what is your favorite brunch plate? Mm. When you go out to brunch,
2: well, brunch is like the only time that I really feel nostalgic for food Mm. because I'm a vegan, and. You know, God, I just miss a good ex-Florentine days. Mm. I just oh. love hollandaise sauce. I genuinely miss eggs. I mean, I think if I lived in a different country, a more sustainable country, I would be a vegan who only ate eggs. Mm. Um, mm. But now, I would say that if I'm at a bougie vegan restaurant, I can get my hands on some, like, vegan French toast. That's, a, that's cute. But um, now... Oh. It's really not a fun time anymore. <laughs> um, all the other meals are, but brunch, I'm gonna say like avocado smash. Yeah. Avocado smash with like a well done avocado smash. Yeah. Where they like dress it up with lots of interesting things. Right, right. To fill your mouth with flavors while they overcharge you for an avocado smash. I literally, when Mm. you were saying it, the the thing
0: that was going through my head was like, and what's crazy is that you can spend $2 for aguacate. And that's expensive for one, right? But this is one that's not on sale. $2 for aguacate. Buy a whole bag of bread and get all this stuff. And you still haven't paid. $20. Yeah, yeah, you still haven't paid $20 for some fucking avocado compang.
3: Oh my God.
0: which is really what it so we <laughs> Skittles and I last season did a vegan challenge so we went vegan for a month it
1: was and, rough and it was I was <laughs> much more vegetarian I was much more vegetarian than vegan and I always say that when eggs? I tell people it well, was the cheese also it was the cheese um, it was the like I just don't have the discipline to like pick something up and literally look at all the ingredients, ingredients. to make sure that all the ingredients were you know plant-based or vegan or whatever so vegetarian was much more so the easier route for me
0: yeah yeah and for Um, me i found myself missing eggs like you like you're saying um and then the dairy only because i hated
2: vegan cheese Mm. (laughs) well i next time we hang out i'm gonna put you on um there's a few good companies here thank thank goodness to brooklyn (laughs) right um it was, it's a struggle. There's not a lot of good cheeses in the States. I would be in movement, in my opinion, kind of lax. Not surprised. But, <laughs> but there's good creamy cheeses out there where they age the nut milk.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. which so then does a the little same something. Process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that I fuck with a little more.
1: <laughs> All right, so when you're out to this mediocre brunch... <laughs> What are you choosing to drink? What is your favorite broncha, baby? Van? I'm like so basic. I love mimosas. Yo. You know what? I am a faithful, I feel basic,
2: and, and fabulous. All <laughs> <laughs> like mm, unlimited mimosas. <laughs> yeah, I'm faithful yes. to the
0: mimosas. But you have us so today. You know, you have us drinking something a little interesting. So we do ask all our guests what their favorite like drink or what they want to sip on during the episode. And today we took an interesting twist. Today we're yeah. drinking kombucha.
1: half aid kombucha. Well, right. You
2: guys really did <laughs> did it up for me. So I just said kombucha. You went all out with bubbly rosé kombucha yes. that I've never even wow. had. Wow. <laughs> By um, HealthAid, so yes. one of wow. my favorite brands, and they did a great job. But also, this is like the first time I'm drinking after my dry January with y'all today, so yes. I'm a big fan of ac- kombucha, but I love mixing it with booze, actually.
1: Mescal, okay. mescal with a ginger kombucha. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that I will take you up on that yes. version. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do... Actually, maybe I should have spiked this, but whatever. Okay, because I'm not I'm not a big kombucha drinker. I am admittedly not a big kombucha drinker. It's yeah. too vinegary for me sometimes. Maybe it's the fermentation it or whatever. Like sometimes, yes. But I can't
0: smell it is the thing. Yeah. Every time I get a smell, I can't like I can't bring myself to it. I'm just like, all right, why? There's other healthy choices I can make in
3: my
2: life. All right. well, well, we're gonna cheers. Cheers we're gonna try this, kombucha, this kombucha, kombucha
1: and see Love what our true rose. appearance. Don't just hold your breath of. and
2: just sip on it. Just the hold your there. breath. The <laughs> just it, okay. it tastes I'm holding my oh,
1: okay, I okay. Very I do. few
2: things smell the way this tastes. Oh no, I don't like your face. You're oh, not into okay. it. <laughs> I could just This taste
1: wasn't it. that bad. I told
0: you. Because I didn't smell it. <laughs> because
1: I didn't. Literally. I feel like the smell. I feel like the smell is way worse than the actual. Well, did you
2: enjoy this one? Would you I would. I swallowed
1: better
0: cum than what
2: this well, you get <laughs> Wow,
1: really? Well,
2: sometimes you get chunks inside. Wow, of Wow. Ew. Yeah. Well, are you screwing vegans? Because those are the only ones with good tasting cum. I don't oh, know. that's a lie. I don't. I think that's a lie.
1: Blasphemy.
2: <laughs> blasphemy. I sucked a lot of
1: non vegan dick All right, I've sucked a lot of non-vegan dick. We're
2: just talking about the cum, though. Yeah, just the cum, because it's always lovely until that shit finishes, and then it's like, whoa, I forgot it can also taste like this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no when it's sour and terrible, it tastes like kombucha. Like I, I guess you're the
2: know. diet to
1: you. No, no, but I will say this: like compared to other kombucha that I've had in the past. I feel like this is the better tasting one that I've had because, and I've only tasted two different kinds because the last kind was in California. But,
0: oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we would
1: drink kombucha in California.
2: That's a spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a right, spot right. for it. So
0: right. now, now that we've talked about swallowing cum, what was it like um, going out to eat <laughs> when you were a child? Actually, so let's from, let's take
2: it back <laughs> to the
1: before days. Just just before, before we, we started second
2: dick,
1: well, just the second dick until they <laughs> I walked through this, <laughs> <laughs> those vaginal doors. <laughs> I
3: came out the gate ready. <laughs> It was head first. Head first. Head first. <laughs> head first. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we are not going to get through this stuff.
0: Dick <laughs> is the, the same. No, but for real, what was it like going out to eat when you were younger? What was that experience?
2: Um, it was great. It was strict. And hmm. when I go out now, I thank my mother and father for that experience because mm. motherfuckers out here don't know how to take a kid out. Mm -hmm. So kids don't know how to behave, and then they grow up not knowing how to be in the world, but that's another subject. Mm. So for me, I just remember, you know, in our home, like, and I'm sure y'all can relate, Latino kids are to be seen, not heard. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so it was a great time, even though, because I was the youngest, my brothers and I have a 10 and 12 year age gap. So I was like the last batch,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: but I was always out with adults. So I feel like I got so much information from that experience Mm -hmm. that has... That then informed who I became, right, so I would be at family dinners, listening to all the political talks, um all the nonsense, all the inappropriate like adult sex talk, even like I would just be there like a fly on the wall, hearing right. and I think later on it fed my obsession and need to like connect with humans, listen, mm-hmm. and hear people 's stories, um, which is really a big part of my practice as an artist, but it definitely came from like all those years of. Being at family dinners, the youngest one at the table, just eating right. and listening. Mm. right. Um, and it also taught me how to just be in spaces. My parents weren't like, oh, how are you? Are you okay? That. Right. No, they were like, sit down, eat your food. We yeah. out for dinner. This is our time. Right. Don't fuck with our time. <laughs> right, right. And I just understood like how to understand that everyone had different times and needs. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't going to get dessert after, or right. it wasn't that I wasn't going to get my treat after, but like you had to be at dinner with the familia and this right. is our time and just, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Don't be acting stupid and crazy. Right, yeah. right. Don't be embarrassing
0: yeah. us out here.
1: And you could also, like, I would imagine chill, too, amongst yourself, but you couldn't just be acting like a Like, like it, a wasn't, crazy. it wasn't running around yeah. while
2: mom and dad weren't looking. Like, that wasn't the, the green light to get yeah. the fuck up. Right, right, right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I feel like there's, like, this certain mentality sometimes with people who have kids who, and then they go out with them that, like, when they are with... Like family or friends, that all of a sudden it becomes the other adults' room opportunity or responsibility to watch after your. Oh, I would know. Yes, it's true. You know, you have those. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, it's like, oh well, like you watch them. I'm gonna be doing, and it's like, where did this? Yeah, (laughs) I was not in the room when you made that.
0: (laughs) I didn't. I was not part of this decision making process. (laughs)
1: I don't want to Um, be part of the babysitting process.
0: No, for sure. But I do think that that's important. And I think that even the culture of... Going out to eat has changed because now mm-hmm. that like our generations are having kids, right? I, I'm very curious to see what the like my friends' kids are going to turn out to be and what the what the world will look like because a lot of the way that we were raised does also come with yeah. the norms of the islands yeah. that we represent, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that stuff is valuable. Like sometimes I'll be seeing kids on the train and I'm I, listen. I don't believe in hitting your kids mm-hmm. in an abusive way, Same, yeah. pero sometimes like, yeah. Yeah. but sometimes I'm like, damn, yeah. Yeah. just like, yeah. like one. Yeah. Yeah. a clean yeah. one, a <laughs> one good.
2: So that, so you don't need to hit
0: a kid. Um, you know, my mom, I only have one story of my mom hitting me because it only took one goddamn time mm, for her it to took hit me a few more. And I never, and I never, I will never forget, she hit me with the, with the slides, but back in the day, they used to be like this hard plastic gel.
3: Ugh. So they weren't like
0: smooth and foamy. And I was watching TV and I, I was doing my homework, and my homework was sloppy. And my teacher had sent a note saying that I needed to work on my handwriting. So my mom was like, listen, I need you to not watch TV when you're doing your homework. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom, very hard worker. And in mm-hmm. the household, she would work like she would bake cakes and babysit. Mm-hmm. So I took the opportunity that went to my room, and I sure did watch my TV and do my homework at the same time. When I tell you the next morning when she saw my homework, and she was like, you had the TV on? And I was like, no, no. What I didn't know is that she had already sneaked and took a peek earlier and saw that I was disobeying her, but didn't take the time to like they, call me out in the moment. They be shady like that. My mother used to do shit like that she's all like, the time. And then she uh. hit, she hit me with the child. It was just a couple clean, <laughs> but those shits
2: hurt. And nah. I never again. And she's like, "That's yeah, that Yeah, it's the line uh, they got you. Yo.
1: I think had you said you was, yo. she would have just like pulled your hair, your ear. Right, that lie. Yo. When, I lied to her face. See, with when, when, when my mom, it was that we were going to we were going to my aunt's house. My aunt, Titi Sonia, had a pool. She was the only aunt. Titi who had Sonia. A pool. Right. And I had gotten to the point where like I we would I would know that if it was the weekend or the weekday in the summer, we were going to Titi Sonia's house, I was gonna be able to go to the pool. And that particular day I was acting a little ungrateful towards <laughs> going to visit my aunt. And not going to visit the pool, mm. and <laughs> oh my God. when I tell you my mother had one swift one, now, I was a big kid, so it was it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a fist. Not only did she bust my lip, but I oh, also yeah. could not go swimming when we got to <laughs> Titi Sonia's house. Wow. And that was the one time. Okay. <laughs> Never again? Never again. For
2: anything. Because it was Nothing
1: just like, pop, like oh my God. I used to get, and my mom's yuck. a little cupcake, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like that fist. It's called a bofeta.
2: <laughs> my mother used to give them to me when we had the detention meetings, because one time I got busted for forging all the detentions oh. of like a whole school year. Oh so my God. Yeah. I, I tried it in California. Catholic school. They put my mother in for that final. <laughs> damn, in <it>, Catholic <laughs> school, it just gets better and better. They put my mother in for that meeting. It added up. I was like, God damn it. They I saw that stack on the table. I was like, what are those doing here? Um they flipped, my mother took them. She said, we get will flip real quick. She goes, Wow, they look like your father's handwriting too. Boom! All in one, all in one. Like, I was ready to take the compliment. Next thing, the the hand is coming through the side. I'm bleeding. She's back to flipping through the papers. All them teachers stood like, so do we call someone? So quick, they didn't even know to call it child abuse or not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or to get on their knees and pray right there. <laughs> yeah, when I got home, I was like... Oh, Dang, that's going to happen oh again. God. Yeah, so, uh, wow. mofeta, un bofeta, un Right, yeah.
0: All right, so when you go out to eat, what's your favorite bochincha topic?
2: Um, ooh, mm, I'm a Gemini, so I got two. <laughs> <laughs> like a true Gemini, yeah. I got two. Um, I could get down with politics all day, every day. Luckily, most of my friends can, and if they can't... <laughs> They will. Um, (laughs) I'm annoying like that. Um, Politics and sex. I'm, like, so guilty. I can talk about sex all the time. Yes. And as you, like, enter the next phase in your life where, like, you make new friends, you know, it comes with career changes or just age, I'm realizing, like...
1: I think I met all the hoes.
2: You know what? It,
1: I, I also feel like we were fed this idea that, like, of like prudeness and like you have to be like a saint going and like don't post this on Facebook or don't do this or whatever, whatever. And then as we've grown up, you realize like we're just all freaks.
2: No, I'm Everybody. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying like, I feel like
1: I've met all my hoe friends,
2: and they ain't no people more hoes be, left. People be looking at me sideways sometimes, like. Eh. Oh, like like they chuckle. I'm like, you're not gonna give me a story back, right?
1: Right? Like Uh, I'm out here giving you the goods. You ain't got no stories for me. I'm
2: like, where are my thoughts?
1: I'm glad that I have not reached that thought that that and I'm sorry that you have. But I want you to know that you are in a safe space here at Lady (laughs) (laughs) Tiboncha, and we are gonna hoe out today. Look, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've almost feel like. uh, Well, maybe it depends on the 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 community or the rooms that you're in, but like I feel like we were fed this mentality that we have to like withhold these like freaky parts of us but then like when you don't like you realize that everybody else has their sides to them too mm-hmm. um yep yeah i, don't, I know. don't
0: sleep on nobody everybody had a sex story yeah <laughs> So now we're going to move into our cheers to the lady who section where we shout out people doing dope shit and dope shit that's going on right now. So I've noticed in entering this new year and it was happening at the end of 2019, but there has been an explosion of body positivity going on that Mm -hmm. I... Am loving. And yes, like Lizzo right now is clearly like one of those champions. And I remember when she went to the basketball game, her ass cheeks was out and it was all controversial because some people were like, that's a little too much. And then others were like, it's not even that it's too much. It's hygiene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were kind of like, it's oh, so that's so weird shady. to like sit somewhere yeah. where somebody oh, so, so ass cheeks." <laughs> First
2: of all, you could have on... The thickest pants and still sweat through the seat. Exactly. Hello, summer times yeah. in New York.
0: Yeah. Hello, yeah. MTA trains. Right. Oof.
2: Swamp. <laughs> best ex- ex- also, best- folks are not that clean. Period. So, right. who are you talking to? You probably don't. Right. Let me mind.
0: Right. And so yeah. I remember that that was the whole debate when that had exploded. Um, but you know, there's just even even in like having somebody who is like Lizzo who can be a champion for for these sorts of things. I think that. In my adult life, I'm finding, like, I want to have that same sense of empowerment for myself um, because, you know, we're constantly around people and, like, it's nice to have somebody who's, like, big and famous and has a large platform, but I, I feel this urge to start loving myself for the sake of also, like, Being that in spaces where there are people where it doesn't need to be Lizzo, who's the icon of that, but that we start to feel comfortable. And so that's why I was super excited when Skittles recently, actually, um, became an underwear model for a hot minute. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit
1: about that? Yeah, so I got contacted by um, Drew, his name is, and he works with this line called Play Out NYC. I think I don't know if the NYC is part of the line or if it's just like their their Instagram handle, but it's called Play Out, and they're NYC based, and it is a queer-owned line that just celebrates body positivity. And their whole idea is like in their advertisements, they want to advertise their line on LGBTQIA people, the the entire community, but like in every kind of way that we appear and so the particular shoot that I was invited to do was a plus size shoot where all the models were plus size and queer and um it was just such a cool experience because um like you said I feel like there's this this new wave of like body positivity and it's particular in our, particularly in our friend group um we've been kind of really focused um and like just trying to lead like healthier lifestyles and so for me you know I started out the year kind of strong not necessarily you know working out every day or doing things but just like taking baby steps to make better choices to lead a healthier lifestyle and so um one of the biggest things for me um that I'm you know that I live with is that like I like to advertise that I'm like a super confident individual but then I deal with certain like self esteem issues on the low and so this was a huge thing for me to just be, like, in front of the camera in underwear. But still able to, like, have a glamorous face on and still feel myself and still, like, live in that moment. And I saw some of the pictures, and I'm so excited for everybody to see them. Yes. Because, like, I feel good about them, you know? Um. And it was just a good experience overall. I feel like everybody who was at the shoot, it was, like, the, the energy, the vibe was right. Nobody had, like, these huge egos or anything. Um. And yeah, it was just fun. It was and and like, I I felt good about the 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 pictures also because the photographer kept saying like, oh my god, you came to work, you came to work today. Yes. And the every the every day every day you <laughs> know who he was talking to right uh,
3: and the, the like the owner of the line was
1: also standing behind the photographer and they were also like looking at the pictures pop up on the computer and like saying I love this one I love this one oh my god I love yes. this one so like
3: I'm so happy
0: I feel good about
1: it and it was just like a good like thing to start 2020 off
0: yes yes and, and like I've been slow steady. Wearing crop tops, like trying yes. to like wear, and I started sort of like in 2019 a little bit. Um, and I would do the thing where I made sure I had like pants or something that was like up to here so mm-hmm. that if there was like space, you couldn't, see, you still mm-hmm. couldn't see my body, but it appeared. But I'm starting to like get a little more comfortable with my, like, I have a chicho on this side that likes to pop up that pops up more than on this side. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, you know what, chichos, like, come get a little life, like, come get a little air, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's interesting because you do see people notice, like, I, and that work too because of the company I work for we don't have a dress code so like I can show up as as I am any on any given day Mm -hmm. so like I can tell like I'd be in places and people be like there's a lot of white people at my job and they just be like Looking at me and stuff, and I'd be walking around all jiggly and mm-hmm. shit, and and and, and, <laughs> and and just perfectly fine. And I oh, and I and you, you're you're a dancer, Megan, mm-hmm. and so like I I think that like growing up, I've always loved to dance, but I'm not the best at following choreography. <laughs> and and I think that a lot of the fear in which my stiffness in my body came from came from this place of feeling like I didn't look beautiful when I was mm. dancing, like oh. I didn't look like a ballerina, and when I was doing mm. certain moves, like or if I jumped around a lot, like my whole body yeah. like, well, it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you where that comes from and it's not you're not alone in that regard. Um it's because we've not only police spaces for white bodies but we've whitewashed concepts for white bodies. Mm-hmm. So you're not the only person who n- grew up not feeling beautiful when they danced um and it's because we've only focus on not just in textbooks and in classrooms and in curriculums but we just I we associate eurocentric Western forms as beautiful forms even though as they put them in textbooks all other world dances have existed for far longer Mm -hmm. where people dance with body parts that hang out where people dance where they are smiling and -hmm. their spines are moving and there's curvature and they use hips and twerking is actually a dance uh, movement it's not just (laughs) on hip hop videos Um, so you're not alone in that regard but yeah. I think it's important to note that we all look beautiful when we do dance. So Yeah,
0: and in you travel way. a lot with your dancing. Yeah. Do you ever find that there's like uh, either a lack of appreciation in certain areas where you bring your style or or the opposite, where it's like an a bigger appreciation because of the presentation of these sort of cultures?
2: I've only ever experienced opposite. I've only ever Great. gotten way more love abroad, especially in Latino communities, which is like the biggest manifesting manifestation of mine come to life Mm -hmm. Um, literally I was just on tour this summer in Ecuador with my dance company for our eighth season and sold out like I'm talking huge theater Teatro Sanchez Aguilar in Guayaquil, Ecuador sold out Um, rave reviews (coughs) so much love because I make work for Latino communities but it was amazing even like in you know wealthier aristocratic uh areas to get the love regardless of where everyone came from. Right. So even if I make political things that sort of challenge um societal norms, not political not things, right? I focus on political agendas. Hmm. These people were like, I could still relate. Mm-hmm. You know? Um you made a piece about Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. We had the hurricane right. destroy, you know, the city of Manta here and we can relate to so natural right. disasters affecting. Right. Um so, no, opposite. I love making work and taking it abroad, especially to Latin countries.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. Oh,
3: can I have some? Okay.
0: And now we're moving into our tuta loca S, where we call motherfuckers out for doing mm. the most. Mm. <sighs> Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. So they finally received uh, the $16 billion in funding, federal funding for disaster relief. However, there have been a shit ton of stipulations that have been placed upon this. They have to create a proposed budget first as to how they're going to be spending all of these funds um, so that the money can be tracked. They also cannot uh, pay the $15 an hour minimum wage that people get paid in, in uh, uh, federally funded projects um, um, they also are not allowed to use the money. They're like, also... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How does that fucking more- make sense? I got some more for you. Federally
2: funded... Wage? Where does that like? How does that make sense? <laughs> like,
0: like, oh, y'all yeah, not allowed to pay people with what, what they should be. If, everybody
1: else is supposed right. to be promised, mind
0: you. Fifteen, and we all know what kind we can of Jim Crow
1: fuckery is
2: that?
0: And we all know fifteen is not enough to, be, to begin with. And not only that, um, <sighs> they can't use the funding on the electrical grid system, which right now, obviously, like electrical grid is important in a mm. moment like this. The whole island was on blackout. Yada yada yada. Um, but they can't use it because apparently there was. Two billion that had already been allocated, but they still haven't even gotten that money to so start working on it from Maria. So <laughs> it's all kind of fucks up, and you know White House officials acknowledge that there's electrical issues on the island. Um, however, they really don't think that they need to be releasing any sort of extra funding outside of what they've already promised.
1: Well, I don't understand
2: that.: <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, if I was the White House and I gave you two what million? $2 oh, billion? well, two billion, but right. they they still haven't gotten right. the so two billion. If I, I put that out there, and that should disappear. Fair. I'm gonna be like, mm, nah, we're not spending it on that. But what I want to talk about is when are we voting out these corrupt motherfuckers? Mm. Because I don't care if you're gonna give me sixteen billion dollars in funding, if we are not voting out the people that are abusing and creating the debt, right. and Impacting this crisis further, it doesn't matter how much funding you give us, the corruption is still there. Right. So right. like and it's we gotta cut the tree down. The root is fucking rotten. Shouldn't
1: shouldn't that be like the first place that you look? Like if all this money is going missing, shouldn't the first people that get penalized are the people that are in charge rather right. than the people who are suffering from these natural like disasters that they have no Right. No control over. And then also, not even to like say anything, but before these natural disasters, the island wasn't in a good state anyway.
0: Right, right, right. We so even if struck.
1: it wasn't for the earthquakes and if it wasn't for Maria. They were still struggling,
0: right? And and which is to your point of like it's about the corruption and 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 to be clear, like the two billion, it's not even that it's missing. They just haven't even given us the shit. It's like we know that there's an issue, but they haven't released the funds once the earthquakes happen. The fact that the the funds just got released and it was like over like two weeks mm-hmm. from the first. Earthquake that, uh, that hit is ridiculous. If, if this was in, in and mind you, I'm saying in U.S. soil as though Puerto Rico is not U.S. soil, but let's assume that in the world, the minds of people who don't fucking know anything about this country and how commonwealths work, yeah. mm-hmm. right, let's assume they, they don't consider that American soil. Any one of our 50 states, something like that happened. You think they would have waited two weeks to release some fucking funds for emergency relief? Absolutely not. No. I mean,
2: only if those neighborhoods were covered with brown people. <laughs> yeah,
0: Potentially, but even and even mm-hmm. with, because um, when we look at Katrina, right, like the aid, the way aid was given during, the, during that crisis was also super problematic mm-hmm. and had a lot of stipulations mm-hmm. to it. But the fact that there is even a level below that that can exist, like a way in which you can treat someone worse during a disaster, and it is U.S. territory that we choose to have, mind you. It's not like mm-hmm. Puerto Rico and all its history was like, please, please, you know, It what happens is over time, you know, like, then, you know, the island sort of splits on, like, you know, well, do we want to integrate with the states or don't we want to integrate? There's mm-hmm. a huge dialogue that happens. And in moments like this, it's... Well, so-, so if
2: we integrate, can we get our $15 an hour?
0: Right, right. Like... And, to it, do a
2: fucking federally
0: funded project. Project.
2: Project. <laughs> And, it, and, it's, and it's
0: quite ridiculous, and it really puts a divide on the island and the pressure mm-hmm. on the island. It does. But it takes the responsibility off of people who can... Uh, you know, U.S. citizens. Again, they are also U.S. citizens. They I just want to clarify.
2: Wars, they mm-hmm. They're completely
0: mm-hmm. U.S. Wars. citizens, but for some reason, this separation mentality has allowed not only the government to fully take mm-hmm. advantage, but our voting citizens here don't ever think about what's happening on that island as part of their responsibility because they don't think of it as part of our country. Mm-hmm. And on that...
2: I'm just going to correct those voting citizens who don't think it's part of their responsibility to remind them that people on the island do not get to vote for the president. Right. Do not get to vote for their best interests because they're not considered, because they are not a state. So they do not get to vote on the agendas that impact them. Yet people up in Washington feel it's in their power to decide what they are and are not worth. Mm-hmm. If that's the way this is going to go, release the country, release the island and right. leave them. Let them be right. dirt, broken, poor on their own. We're talking about the oldest existing colony in the whole world. world. <laughs> it is the island of Puerto Rico. Yeah, It's not any other place in the world. I'm talking since the days of the Tainos. Yeah, We're talking about the 1400s. Yeah. Since the Spanish, following the U.S., this island has not seen their freedom. I mean, Ever. could yeah. you imagine what that does to the psyche right. Right. of a Puerto Rican mentality. Right. To so right. assume all this is normal. Right. To so assume that on February 1st, if you just throw a big party, you have your re-New Year, that it's going to make the problems go away.
0: And it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's really problematic. And I, and I think that even down to how they teach about Puerto Rico in schools, where, hint, hint, they don't. Right, that, that is how they teach it. Is they don't, and so you don't really have a deep understanding. And and I even like even to take it back to like oh this unspoken the fake Dominican Puerto Rican rivalry because it's really so fake, fake. at, Look at, the, at the Yeah, reason. yeah, no, no, brunch, right, really. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like you know we're like this, but but that fakeness really came from just uh, oh um, your immigration policy uh-huh. is different from my immigration uh-huh. policy, and so from a Dominican perspective, it's like damn we got to fight you know tooth and nail, and we got to wait years. And years, yeah, que pedí el otro, in order to try to get into this country. And by the way, Trump is also working to make sure that now part of your getting a citizenship means that they they get to go into your financials. And if you're not a financially stable mm-hmm. person, they can deny you citizenship to the United States of America wow. because that will imply oh, yeah. that you're probably going to apply oh, for yeah. food stamps, Medicaid, and all that shit.
2: And so, that, since they don't want people to do we that, don't poor we don't want poor people. Uh, I'm sorry, right? we nobody's don't want poor people. applying. <laughs> people. nobody's applying for food stamps. But middle class Americans in rural America that are starved, living in food deserts, making below minimum wage—those are the people that need the help from their government. Not Mm -hmm. hardworking Latinos who only know how to work. Right, (laughs) right,
0: right. And and then and then and I hate the way they change the narrative of people who are here undocumented, (laughs) acting like they're the ones sucking all these aids when they can't—they don't qualify for half the shit right and so like the face of 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 government aid has always been black and brown but the biggest recipients have always been white um and so when we go back going back to puerto rico and going back to this aid for a natural disaster which is not oh these people are lazy these people don't want to do this bootstraps none of that shit it's y'all motherfuckers don't want to hold your corporations accountable thus climate change thus tectonic plates moving thus Earthquakes on Puerto Rico and -hmm. then Jamaica, by the way, which also happened, right? You know what I mean? Like, and, and this seismic activity will continue to happen. You know what I mean? And all of this is a result of your greed right it's all and and so like the cycle like when when you really break it down in that way it to me is the most infuriating thing to to watch and to have to participate in um and participate in the sense of like you know we are working on a on a relief benefit for Puerto Rico for mm-hmm. the earthquakes right and so why are we doing that because no if if people aren't doing something like i can't idly sit by as a citizen who has mm-hmm. all this information and just let the shit mm-hmm. play itself out like i feel the need to activate but then in reality and it's not that i win- wouldn't activate anyway, but I shouldn't have to activate as hard as I'm activating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the resources should just be there. Mm -hmm. They should just be available to these people, and I should just be able to be like, oh, let me do a little something extra. Like, like now nah, they got mad money, but here, here's a little extra. Let me just send a little care packages with letters because they got all the money and aid they need, but they need a little love. So let me just send some love, right? And now it's like I want to send some love, but also a pack of water, some money for this mm-hmm. organization because they need so much and
1: like stuff like that, like a pack of water, like sh- simple survival shit.
0: Yeah, means so much right now. Yeah, yeah. The
1: fact that people don't trust the government.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that you have people shipping things to physically uh, bring them to the town.
2: Well, also <laughs> let's put a pause on that because we are not an independent country. Everything has to pass through the United States. So we would actually be receiving aid and assistance from our neighboring Latino brothers and sisters mm. a lot faster if we were our own country. Yeah. Um just like when natural disasters hit other countries of the Latin diaspora, we help one another cuba sends their doctors we other countries send aid water you name it we we run to help one another we don't have that luxury because everything must bypass the united states first which right. is why aid gets to us even slower
1: right that's crazy yeah it's
2: fucked up. So what do
0: you, if you, Megan, just like, in your experience, like, if you had some advice for Boricuas here in New York City that are wanting Mm. to be supportive, especially those who, you know, are a few generations removed and don't necessarily have that same close relationship with the island where they can be like, oh, my abuela lived there, some have never Mm -hmm. been there, but they feel moved to participate in some sort of way, what are the different ways you would encourage people to participate in supporting the island?
2: Um... I think it's really important to find ways to put... And we briefly touched on this during our pre-Bronche discussion. We have to figure out ways to put money back into our community. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person to tell people how they should or should not behave or feel connected to something. We connect to the diaspora in our own way. Right. Um, the diaspora exists not by our choice. So I don't feel... I don't think it's appropriate for me to sort of pressure people, nobody owes anyone anything but if people felt like they wanted to help in some way, that could look like many different things whether going back to contribute to organizations, investing in property before it gets sold to Mm. outsiders, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a real issue soon Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, putting money back into the pool and we see this in other communities all around the globe, you know the Jewish diaspora is a real thing Mm -hmm. and it's it remains strong no matter where in the world. You can go to Argentina, you can go to Mexico City, you can come to the United States. And those commun the Armenian diaspora is so powerful. Uh look at LA, look yeah. Iran. Yep. You go to any country and these diasporas, you know, they feed their communities so that they can thrive. And I would love to see members of the diaspora come together to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Like whether it means creating jobs for each other, employing one another uh, small businesses that are owned by one another contributing and funding those um, I would love to see that shift happen in any capacity oh my god
1: wait you pass the mm.
0: wow alright and now it's time for our plate of the day our main topic the Bronx is lit right now But is it burning? So I wanted to dive a little bit into this conversation around the Bronx, its art and culture, and how gentrification ensues. Hantification. Now, hantification is a term that not everyone is familiar with. Um, you know, just in, in around 2016, 2017, the term started sort of bubbling up, and it's meant to define somebody who, you know, is does have some sort of tie to the community or was of the community that probably has left, and this could mean going to, like, college and, like, you know, coming back into the community with this, like, newfound either wealth or, like, consciousness and coming in and starting new businesses in 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 back in these spaces. Now, mm-hmm. um, the sort of like line between how some people are like hentification is good and some people are like hentification sucks is that um sometimes they feel like the consciousness or care um to the community isn't always there for these folks, even though they have sometimes uh been living in this community prior, that they're so disconnected, it's almost like you get up out the hood, and then they wanna give back to the hood, but is it really about giving back to the hood, or is it about, oh, I know this area, and I know that you know gentrification is surrounding it, so I can use the authenticity of my tie to this community in order to build a brand and make mad money out this shit because I can do it here, but in the white spaces, even though I have the knowledge and stuff, I'm not really accepted Mm -hmm. in those spaces in the same way, so I can't have the same level of success there, Mm -hmm. but I do have the tools, and I have it, and I'm gonna do it here in my space, But then what does that mean for the people who don't get to leave and are struggling and are still trying to build these same sorts of businesses in these contexts and now suddenly they become their competitors and are often backed by funders that are coinciding with gentrification and not people who are on the community grassroots trying to do something for the
3: neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So
0: I just wanted to unpack that, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening to the Bronx? Is our culture being sold out in a way? And, and are we the ones selling it?
1: Can I just say in terms, <laughs> and this is not to, like, answer anything, but just being... A Bronx native, as we all three are, being someone who was born and bred in the Bronx, has lived in several parts of the Bronx. Just walking around the Bronx and seeing the gentrification is crazy. It's a weird. It's a weird feeling of like, wow, this beautification really did not exist when I grew up, right. and like this, this, this borough and this image that we're building right now really did not exist when we were coming up. And it's almost in a way, there's a part of me that gets offended. Yes. Um and there was a day where I was driving in the car with my mom who grew up on Kelly Street. My mom's a South Bronx girl. Yes. And good. so what's so funny is that me, I grew up in the northeastern part of the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I grew up in co I grew up in Co-op City, you know? Bougie. Um <laughs> bougie, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you know my mom growing up down there and now me living down there. There was one day we were driving and we saw a coach bus and a crowd of white people mm-hmm. taking a picture in front of a big pun mural. They love it. Yeah. They do hip hop tours, not ran by black people, of course. And I, and like literally my, my mom got offended and I got offended with her. I was like, yo. So literally, I just wanted to make that comment of like just seeing it. There's a part of it that, mm-hmm. there's a part of it that the person in me that wants success wants to take part in it. Because I'm from here and I feel like if it's being brought here, I I need to take part in it. But then there's a part of me that literally makes my blood boil because seeing it happen... Where y'all been the last 28 years? Do you know what I mean?
0: Hello, because we spent our years in high school <laughs> f- fleeing the Bronx and, and hanging out. We would go to Buttfuck Brooklyn, but that hanging out because the gentrification no was a right? <laughs> this is, and, this is, and this is the, and I'm curious, what high school did you, did you go to?
2: I was a Monk Senior Scanlon Catholic, Catholic school. Catholic mm. school.
0: We went to LaGuardia. I we guess LaGuardia. Very, almost mm. complete opposite LaGuardia. <laughs> completely yeah. liberal, yeah. like wild, you know, with a lot of white privileged kids, a mm. lot of them. And so what we got was like before, because at that point the Bronx wasn't being gentrified oh, or anything. Yeah. So what we saw was through our friends in this new world an insight to a different New York than Mm -hmm. the the Bronx, New York that we grew up in. And so we wanted to be like, please, I've been brunching for years and like I've been doing all these sorts of things because these kids Mm -hmm. had that more elite, Uh, upbringing and so they are like how you said how your parents used to take you out to eat and you had that costumbre they had different costumbres and so we would be in the shits and in the Mm -hmm. real mixy and like everywhere but the Bronx hang out in the Bronx would be like why like you know and Mm -hmm. nobody ever wanted to come here and for me at least personally I've developed this thing of like oh it's a burden like the Bronx is a burden for people to come visit me in for me to even Mm -hmm. engage and hang out in because all it is el tigeraje and all that Mm -hmm. shit and I'm not down with that so you know and I was smoking weed but I was smoking on bowls with white people mm-hmm. you know i was not smoking blunts still and drinking honey <laughs> <leaf>. <laughs> I said, I still was like, you know but like that but like this yeah. this separation yeah. that i was able to do and now that i've come into my adulthood and like i understand things like gentrification and i do care about my community in a way because i had an aha moment about what i was internalizing mm. in high school now i'm back here and i'm like shit like i still want my bougie c- coffee. I still want like all of these luxuries. And and it, and it is, it does make me happy to see people of color behind some of these initiatives, mm-hmm. but there's a layer behind that. Yeah. And it's the layer of how do they get started and how do they get funded? And this is where this hintification piece comes in is that, you know, you might fund a shop that, you know, is representative of the Bronx and its culture, but you're also funding that big luxury building in which all mm. these, you know, p- gentrifiers are going to come in and they're going to dictate the culture of this area because they're the ones who are bringing in the most uh, you know, money mm-hmm. into this economy and so they dictate it. So, if they don't like something, it doesn't matter that the vecina who's been living here for 30-something years, you know, cares about the space in a particular way. It's not about her. She's not the one whose money you're after. You're after the, the people who you're corralling in. And
2: that is so... But it's it's also important to note, and it's an unfortunate matter, you you know Soho. Yeah. Do you remember what Soho used to be? It used to be a bunch of art
0: punks and stuff like it was not so
2: this bougie. In, yep. in general, whether we like it or not, it's something that we have to come to terms with. Artists are the leaders of gentrification. mm we clean up spaces, we make them pretty and cool, and then people move in after, and then they take it and push us out. Yeah. But we are actually a part of that uh, development and process. So it's something I had to come to terms with as, like... So I had a different experience. I wasn't... I was out and about, not because I went to a public school like LaGuardia, but because I was an artist from early on. Right. Um, and I was amongst middle class income students being from a Catholic school background. So I was always up and about and I was always traveling and like heading out from early on. So I never had the separation of uh, the Bronx. I don't want to be a part of it Mm. because I lived that life being from the Bronx, you know? Right, Right. Um, like in high school, we all, all my friends had cars even though we were from the, wow. the Bronx. So that was the life. That's wow. crazy. That's like, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. So that was, <laughs> it was amazing. normal for me. So for me, yeah. when I came back from living abroad and traveling and doing a master's in London, it was just, it was a, it was a passionate thing of mine, but I was like, I want to end up like somehow doing the damn thing in the Bronx. Yeah. So, But for me, it was just a part of the process. I knew I'd always end up back here for a period of time to give back. Hmm. But I had to come to terms with the fact that I was willingly giving back to a, a process and a system that, was was going to also work against the very people I wanted to help mm-hmm. um, and it brings me back to my earlier point, and it really is I'm, it's something I'm really passionate about. how do we avoid the funders and give the money make that money come from ourselves, from our communities right right. right. Jayla, where you at?
1: Chica. Word. Yo, honestly, a nah, nah, nah. but we honestly, in the same neighborhood, chica, hola. and bitch, you <laughs> out in Miami doing that fucking Super Bowl Wait, and I'm shit. I'm not gonna be
2: shady, chica, I'm trying to like. I love <laughs> her. No, no. To... Yeah,
1: I, I love her, but that's also something that I've constantly thought of. Yeah. Like lo come through, boo-boo, with If like I a ever foundation. get to, when I get to j status, the yeah. first thing I'm going to do Is open a school in the Bronx You right, know Like right. the first or thing or That I'm going to do is Or, or yeah, foundation Or foundation Or out. this or that Like yes. That's one thing That I will say And I am a JLo fan Me too Or buy a building um, Create the yeah. first artist yeah. housing Of the right.
2: Bronx I'm really down for some longevity.
0: Artist housing shit I've actually had is
2: in the West Village It's a real building mm-hmm. The oldest largest uh, Artist housing literally in the heart of the beautiful west village my the martha graham school where i trained right. is on the 11th floor mm. where former cunningham studios were and so i had the luxury of like going to this beautiful west village for all of my dance training years right. and in a building full of like they're all aging out like a lot of them are older population but only broke broke like we're talking 500 hundred dollar rents wow. broke artists it's it's for that right. Like, what would it look like if one of us, one of our people, would create that for the Bronx. Right, like there's money in our people, there's money in our communities. How do we make that go back to our people?
0: Right, right, and even in the like, like this idea of bringing the dollar in. So, like, let's assume, okay, let's assume a lot of these awesome new Bronx ventures that we're seeing pop up are funded by the very people that are, you know, bringing in these condominiums and the gentrification. But isn't there a way in which... And this is the part where I'm always, like, dancing the line of, like, ugh. Because it's I understand grassroots movements, and there are some people who are, like, I don't give a fuck how black that owner is. I'm not buying coffee from there because of who funded them, right? And, like, I understand Mm. that because there's almost, like, this, like, Mm. this stubbornness of, like... You know, if we if we give in in certain areas, we're giving them an inch, and they will always take a mile. And how many times do we need to give them an inch before? And the money before, always, goes back, the money money always yeah. goes back to them, right? And so, like, I understand that fight and that struggle, and I believe that in order for that tactic to work, it has to have numbers behind it, meaning a lot of people need to agree to make that the case in order for it to have the level of impact that they hope. But not
2: enough people have that education. But that not enough people have that. So edu- what about me when I want to start my business? Exactly, so
0: and then that's where I stand my foot is on the other side of this is like pero coño if I tomorrow had an opportunity to open a a media center like Ladies who Hubronche Media Center and like, you know, I could create studio space and have it at affordable prices for, you know, young, young mm-hmm. artists to come in and record and do things. And then I can do empowerment workshops and all that stuff. And then the person who's giving me the money is the person who's responsible for that building structure that's going, that's already going up mm. behind me, whether or not I existed and in this space or not, you know, word. and, and then like, but then it's that question of Pero Diablo. Do I hold out? Because
2: where am I going to get that but money from? if you from? don't make the media center, then you get pushed out by another person who will. So like somebody will always say yes, mm-hmm.
0: and so it's such a conflict because I, I actually genuinely one hundred percent understand both sides. And at the end of the day, I'm not mad because if like if it's me or like I said, these other businesses, if they get a cut of it, they weren't going to get a cut of shit because we also sometimes in our community have a bad habit, and not so much amongst the artist community, but people outside the artist world have a bad habit of oh that motherfucker made that shit from the Bronx. That shit's probably cheap. That shit's probably not as the same quality and they don't regard what we create in the space with the same love and like brand trust as Louis and all these like Big brands when we're talking about fashion or like these restaurants that aren't even that fancy, but because they got a great a great critic's picks, now that's where we're gonna go have our brunches and do our celebrations. Like mm-hmm. we will constantly follow a thought pattern outside of our own because we don't trust that the what we create here has the same value. And that's a different level of education that we have to sort of have and like teach each other is that like if we wanna make this area just as cool as that, we can do it with ourselves and not wait for other people to tell us it's cool, but we have to again reinvest that dollar mm-hmm. into what we do because. then if that's the case then as a business owner if i'm like yo they don't know who my funder is but i'm making x amount of dollars and this person's getting a cut as of now but if i cut them out i already have the clout to support Mm. the business so i don't need them anymore so when this lease is up or when you know the moment comes where the contracts because there's always a moment where contracts have to be reassessed that i can be like you know what i'm good fuck y'all you know and if they're like oh well we're gonna raise this rent oh well that's good because i got my client base so you go ahead and do and what you so, got to do. Again.
2: But we're not there yet. It brings me back to my point. because And I, I'm going to repeat it over and over to everyone until it gets to everyone. What if we put that money back in our community, we bought that fucking building, so we don't got to pay them that rent? Right. It's that big. What I'm asking of us is that big. Right. I'm not asking us to just support small businesses. I'm saying, what would it look like if we got together, put our money together, and bought those two buildings, and the only thing one building is going to exist for is a business on each floor, the other one we're going to rent out affordably, whatever that's going to look like. Whatever, yeah. We got to think that big. We got to buy property. Right, it's not just about buying a hoodie off of a homie. We right. got to really, really think right. longevity, long term, yes. and that's how you're really gonna create that equity for your community, and that's how you're really gonna, I think, make a long-lasting impact. Yeah, we got to think like the other people. I'm not kidding. Yeah, when yeah. you see like, I'm, I'm, and I'm saying it as a shout out when you see these Jewish, these Korean communities, <laughs> you know, existing. You see the Amish, like it doesn't matter if who moves into Pennsylvania. Nobody's gonna push out the Amish, right? Right. Because they only sell their land back to their people, right? They're like, you guys can gentrify Lancaster. I was just over there teaching them. They're like, that's fine. Yeah, you do what you do. We we here. still here. Yeah. So we gotta think about how to really mark our space and make that possible for our people to mark their space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I wonder, like, what do we do in lieu of that? Like, as we build to get... Because that requires, like, we all need to get the same level of education and understanding how these processes work, right? So we can band together because, you know, we can do one building or we can have several pockets of different community getting different spaces and, well, we've like... We've been doing hmm. that. Look at hm
2: Hello? Latinos know how to do that. Mm-hmm. We just have to think about it in a greater scale. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. remember, I don't know about everyone else, but my parents used to put money into societies... Like mm. that's what oh the Sociedad God. is. Wait, yeah. that's what I mean. Was the Lions Club a society? No, uh, but like know. I'm talking about, like my Theo used to run a Sociedad. Right, a hundred mm. people used to pay yeah. every month into Yeah, it. they're like soup, and along soup, the way, almost. people, yeah, susus, soup, yeah, yeah. you get like mm-hmm. a cut of that. Yeah, like mad mm. illegal, mad under the table. You don't know who's gonna run away with the money. Right, but you trusted that, like,
0: yeah,
2: on the fourth of April in three months, I'm getting my six k. Yeah that I yeah. a little wow. bit, yeah. yeah so how do we think about yeah. that in the grand scheme of things right in a larger, on a larger scale right
0: because and financial literacy is so important mm-hmm. man I have to tell you because even being part of something like that you really have to have a sense a strong sense of financial literacy to understand what happens on February 4th when you get that money right you get that 6k but how do you make it so that it's not constantly I have it now and then I don't have it mm-hmm. how do you make it so that you put it in an investment so like the suso te dio 6k pero what you did with that 6k now paid you back some more so mm-hmm. like you know And I mean, so like that's how you get to build wealth and equity because you can't make certain financial, like, some things require down payments and certain things, and you don't have that at that moment. These societies give you that, like, financial kick in the moment to do that. But we need to make sure that when we're having these moments, we actually understand how to do it the best way possible so that these sociedades can actually have the longer term effect that Megan's talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure I mean and for me it's like it's kind of sucks too because I, I find myself in this position of always wanting first first of all we should always do our research on like who we're buying from and stuff I mean like I said like when we talk about fashion for example like we have these Louis brands and all these big fucking people out in Paris embarrassing us with, with fake cornrows and like every year that there's a fashion week or something I wait for the headline of which designer did the really the corn fucked roll, up the cornrow corn roll, right, yeah uh, the cornrow wig? wig oh my god you
1: know? covering the ears
0: right they saw Cardi do it once in that and that, that video with Bruno Mars <laughs> and then they I just don't understand it. the
1: choices
2: I mean I put like things it over my horrible. ears because my ears are big but it wouldn't ever be a wig oh, oh,
0: not a cornwall wig <laughs> with the track
2: right like, with the you tracks all showing
0: them. so I outside of win. the fact that it is messy as fuck and don't nobody be out here looking that crazy like, number like one Avatar right like nobody be out here looking that crazy but like you know just really, this idea of like, but we still buy and glorify these brands, right? Mm-hmm. But we will not turn around and like, listen, people have mixed feelings about a lot of different fashion lines and things that are coming out of the Bronx, but like, we, they're the ones who are like really trying to like, yeah. keep, like have our voice be ours and they are of our community. And, and you know, but then we don't want to, support them because of who funds them. But then it's like, but what is Louie doing? Like, what is everybody else doing? Fuck, fuck Mm -hmm. that. What fast food Uh are you eating that, 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 that that funds Trump? Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. You have every day to day choices that you make when you walk into the bodega Mm -hmm. that are worse than the choice that you'll make. When you're buying local, but then how do we do that and then still hold the local people accountable and say, hey, I understand your journey. I feel like there is a middle ground that we can find at some point, but there's a a big gap that needs to be filled first. And it's this financial literacy and it's the understanding the
2: long game. It's also the sensitivity movement happening. Mm. Like everyone all of a sudden became so sensitive overnight that they can't fucking pull their thumb out their ass and focus on the big picture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes Maybe it's once. like, who do we attack <laughs> first? And it's easier to do it to your people in your community because it's like, oh, you're right here, so I can hold you accountable right here. But bro, no, you still shopping yes. in spots that are oppressing both of y'all, let alone you both of you people mm. are being oppressed by the same person but you want to fight with the person next to you and you don't want to succeed a little that. Mm. yeah who right who whose successes aren't even as glamorous as you might okay. appear and they do still have to bust their ass and it do have to often be one man shops right and like yeah. one person shops who are like running around getting shit done because they can't afford to have a full functioning team they don't have factories they don't have a lot of these resources but we're quick to be like no to mm. them and i feel like there is a gap and we need to fill it because mm-hmm. there's a way in which if we can actually be in good conversation with yep. our hentifiers, our hentifiers mm-hmm. yes. can be our bigger partners yeah. and, and larger efforts.
1: not be offended by being called out yeah. or yeah. being whatever, whatever, Yeah, whatever, yeah you know? right. It goes al- both also ways. on them.
0: Yeah, to yeah. be able um, to have the dialogue with us. Yeah. A hundred percent. So any favorite brands or artists right now coming out the Bronx that we should check out?
2: Favorite brands or artists? Um... Oh god. Or
0: organizations.
2: I always like shouting out bad. I know. I we was were about, about to bad. talk about bad. bad. Bad never gets old, and I'm gonna tell you why bad never gets old. There is no organization like it in all of this fabulous city of New York. Yes. We're talking about an organization, Bronx Academy of Art and Dance, that exists to support trans, LGBTQA, Latinos, mm-hmm. Black, Brown, artists. There's no organization that starts the sentence with that.
1: Hmm. Yes, come There's on. There's no
2: safe spaces, especially. I don't think I'm gonna say no, and then y'all can like talk do about research me later. later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. Who's looking out for trans community right now? Yeah, in yeah. yeah. the Bronx so openly, in the city. And with We're the,
0: talking about five boroughs. Yeah,
2: even in cool Brooklyn, where everybody thinks that they're coming up with the next best thing. Like, please,
0: no safe spaces for trans people.
2: Let's start yeah. with that and the non-binary uh, community as well. Yeah. Like, they just made a call. They're putting together a concert. And they want people, like, identify, queer-identifying choreographers only to uh, apply. And I was able to send that out to, like, friends of mine in Queens, friends of mine in Brooklyn. I'm like, hey, you should apply for this. I can't.
1: Yes. Right. They're right. hanging a picture of me in their in their trans gallery. Yeah. I hope it's the one of you in your underwear. Right, right, right. I, no, it's not. Okay, it's not. I, I think it's know. gonna but be the one in the coat, but it, yeah. it'll be just as epic. Just I'm gonna. As epic. You I just think epic. that it's like really cool that like my yeah. picture is gonna be there.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> no, it is. It is cool because so it's, it's a space of yes. legacy. Yes. Um, and I do yes, definitely go out and support bad. Bad's incredible. Also, their fundraiser every year is that carnival that they do. Oh my
1: god, yes. Oh my god, it's it was so, It's so fun. Yeah. It's and, um... Year. Yeah. The gala, the gala in October. Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah. so definitely look out for bad, and just, you know, I guess the big takeaway from here is that, you know, it's fine to sort of struggle with where you stand around this idea of hentification. I think we all are pretty much on the same page about gentrification, you know, both the good, the bad, and ugly of it, but, like, I think the conversation around gentrification is one to be had, because though the gentrification is coming, it hasn't finished yet, and it's not halfway through, so there's still enough time for us as a community to to stop being so shady and petty with each other yep. and actually try to understand from both perspectives what is happening here so that we can actually truly take our community back. You
2: know, that thing we didn't do during the last elections, we should try to do, do it, it our communities first yeah. before right. the next election because right. it's coming.
0: <sighs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <sighs> That's another topic for another day, Magna.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's just a reminder to get a little more understanding before we have to go around right. November.
0: <laughs> yeah. Please, Please vote, guys. I know. That is not like, <laughs> Please just show up. I know it feels like it's I get it. I know it feels like it's not gonna do anything, but y'all we I gotta disagree. We gotta exactly it, it yeah. really,
2: really makes an impact but when you told do it. But We've never actually yeah.
0: really shown up, so how do we really know it doesn't work? Like I Literally. hate when people do that because I'm like, bro, I get your logic, but do you know in practice we've actually never all shown up and had it proven to us that us all showing up means nothing? So can we try showing up this year? And then if it, it's fucked up, okay, now I'll shut the fuck up, we'll We'll go go back back to the drawing board, we'll plan again, but let me see us all vote first, and then see what happens.
2: What would it look like if all the oppressed people in this country voted?
0: Yeah, and you know, Uh, in the LGBTQAI plus community right now, I think it was like only a third of that whole population here in the United States is registered to vote right now Mm. for this election. Only a third. Mm. And that community is getting attacked and destroyed up and down in this administration, and I am terrified that only a third are prepared to vote oh. and by the way that doesn't mean they're all voting
2: Democrat. But also mm. also <laughs> okay. if they're not voting, it is for a reason that attacked people feel like they can't. So even amongst our brown bodies, there mm-hmm. are privileged people and I know that yep. I'm one of them. We need to show up for our brothers and sisters. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason those people feel attacked. They feel like their voices are not heard. People with big mouths on this side of the spectrum mm-hmm. need to get up and get active. Yeah, absolutely. I, we really need to.
0: Mm, mm. So on that note, any shout outs, any plugs that you want to give?
2: Yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: gave me the duh.
2: Of course. I want to give a shout out to my mommy and papi who I had breakfast with at 830 this morning because my schedule's so crazy that they got up on a Sunday just to see me. Oh, my Aww,
0: I, I love that. My mommy and yes, mommy, papi.
2: I want to give a shout out to mi gente. We out here and mm-hmm. we're doing the damn thing. With a smile on our face all the time. Yes. With good spirits. No one can defeat us. And we're always on the up and up. And all of us, from all the islands, all the little places. Um, and I just find us to be such a magical people. And I always say mi gente, because I envision one day when I accept my Oscar. Yes, like, when you accept it. It's going to have like a little section to, like dedicated to mi gente, mi Latinos Unidos que somos. Mm-hmm. So I always like give it in a real shout-out as practice for that day. Yes, as practice. Um, Yeah, and... Yeah, like, I want to give a shout-out to all the jaded, hardworking, hmm. active humans, right? Like, people in our community. I think it's so easy to just be like, guys, but we got to show up, and, like, mm-hmm. I just want to say we're all exhausted, but, like, I see you out there. I know we're fucking busting our ass to do our thing, and there's so many more of us than there are of the others, and... I don't know, just remember, like, to love, and, like, that really does triumph a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: And then where can we find you? Um, On the social
2: interwebs. On IG, if you want, like, all the art stuff is at M-E-G-A-N underscore C-U-R-E-T. If you also want to see, like, world traveling vegan bullshit, then it's without the underscores. So I have, like, (laughs) (laughs) I made it easy. Yes, yes. Yes. And... uh, Megan, cure. Cure in Spanish. Cure for the rest of you. And yeah, yeah, hit me up. Let's collaborate. Slide into my DMs. Only if you want to like legit collaborate. Don't just slide into my DMs. Because I will... I'm not about that. Um, yes.
0: And we'll look out for your shows and, yeah. and all your travels yeah, and all please. that wonderful stuff. And you can find us on IG at Ladies Who Bronche, on Twitter at Ladies Bronche, Facebook, all the whole, all the fucking platforms you can listen on. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, bronche. Bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch.
1: So the ladies who stay busy with their lunch, she want
0: double chin chin. Like they're you know what they said? That's too
1: busy, glass thinking. Aquí en esta mesa se repita como yo. Si la copa es italiana, yo te do la bendición. So what if we get bashed it? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who so brush and pop it
3: off.
0: Hey, we pop, pop and pop it off.